You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. This is your host, as always, from Movie Lovers Unite, John DiGorio, and I just want to sit, talk about something real quick, and that is Audible. What is Audible? I'm so glad that you guys asked. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audio books, ranging from bestsellers like Anne Rice, Stephen King, the list just goes on. Their whole entire catalog, when it comes down to audiobooks, is just fantastic. If you're on on the road and everything and you want an audiobook and you want to download it fast, go ahead, go to Audible. You're not going to regret it. They actually have a trial right now that you guys can actually jump on. You can actually go on ahead, go to the link, and it'll bring you up to that trial. And a matter of fact, every month, members actually get one credit to pick any title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection and access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs another thing too guys that's not all they have they also have they also have finish if you actually want to go ahead and do some things to actually better yourself for 2021 they have stuff for that too like finishing more books or becoming a better parent leader or a person how-to books which is something that everybody seems to grab onto a lot lately and everything else. So if you guys are actually looking for something to maybe better yourself for 2021, go on ahead, check out those books as well. They have a big catalog. You guys won't regret it. Go ahead, click on the link below in the description notes. Go on ahead. You guys won't regret it. Sign up for that trial period. And always until next time, stay safe, guys, and enjoy the show. And God bless. Good, good, man. How is how are how are you and everybody in the crew at Movie Lovers Unite doing? We're doing pretty good, man. It's it's good to actually have you back on the show again. It's been a while. You know, I know I interviewed you a while back with things with how many chances. I thought I would actually just do this for the stereo app itself. Just to get other people familiarized with you and what you do. And also, too, I know that you had a hernia uh, operation as well, which also prolonged a couple of things, too, that you had in mind um, to do in the future. So I just want to say I'm glad that you're feeling better to do this interview. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, you know, not only did I have the hernia surgery, uh, but like my dad, he had a hip replacement. Right. You know, not even... <laughs> a day or two, you know, so, um, so yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, like a complete medical nightmare over, over this way. <laughs> I can see that, man. I can definitely see that because, you know, you guys are both having to take care of each other and stuff like that too. 
between the both of y'all. So I thought that was actually pretty amazing that both of y'all are both there for each other during that time because it wasn't too long when we had that hernia operation. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I about told my mom I was like, you know, maybe we should just call John come over to help us out because he works in a hospital. So you know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, I would, you know what, man, I would have been glad to do it. No, that wouldn't uh, be even a problem. That would have been awesome. Yeah, <laughs> if you would have done that. My God, I would have just given you a wad full of money and said, go <laughs> nah. shopping for Italian food. Bring back <laughs> the ingredients for strombolis, uh, calzones, and let's cook it up and watch some Sopranos. You know? <laughs> Heck yeah, let's do that. <laughs> so, let me just say this. I mean, I, I saw this documentary before. I loved your documentary. I know the marketing and everything for this has, might be a little bit different than what you were doing it before. Because before, Amazon was giving you some problems and everything else to the point where you had to start streaming this from another service. And then all of a yeah. sudden, you get a call saying, hey, look, how many chances is going to be on Amazon now? I bet your mind was just blown when you heard that news. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, see, the the insider story of the whole Amazon thing Well, they put out a press release, and they were basically stating to everybody in the most nice political way that they could possibly put it out was, we're not accepting any more documentaries or children's movies from unsolicited movie studios, right? Uh, Which basically means is like, uh, they're not going to be taking stuff from like me and uh, just hundreds of other independent studios. If it's not in-house, they ain't going to fool with it no more, you know. And, And, uh... But yeah, I actually find that kind of surprising because they used to be like the go team for independent films and independent Mm -hmm. projects, and then it's like, oh, we don't want nothing to do with you. (laughs) No, so they're they're, uh, taking the exact same steps that Netflix did, you know? I mean, so, yeah, I guess it's just kind of the nature of the billionaires. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not a billionaire. (laughs) So, but I was lucky. Like, how many chances got in there, like, one week before the board made that decision somehow i i guess you know anybody who's watched my documentary is kind of like you are the luckiest most unlucky person on god's green earth so (laughs) it's still talk about timing though yeah so i feel like to be honest with you, I feel like with this documentary, people need to see this documentary. And I also feel like maybe Amazon, too, was like, you know what? We need to let this guy have his moment of letting people see this documentary before we change things. I'm glad that they gave – I'm glad that that happened to you. Oh, thank you. Me, too. I mean, uh, and it's been so amazing. Like, you know, usually – With every film studio, right, you've got your strategy, whether, you know, it's like, okay, let's make a a bunch of 30-second movie trailers and let's buy a bunch of television time and put it out there where we can afford it. Or, 
they decide to, you know, a million different strategies. But like with me and my marketing strategy with how many chances, I learned that I want to go with independent broadcasters and podcasters like yourself, John. And uh, I've come to realize that, one, I get more time with one-on-one interviewers like yourself. And, and like, I've enjoyed every interview I have been on, especially yours as well, because, well, I get to talk about Tamika a little bit. You know, hey, Tamika! <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to leave us a voicemail. Yeah. yeah. Why? Well, she's going to be the only one that leaves us a voicemail, you know? <laughs> but she's just a great person. I, I really do appreciate Tamika and everything that she's done for me and things like that. I couldn't ask for someone that helps me with day-to-day operations and stuff like that, working behind the scenes than her, to be honest with you. That is right. And also that what you so do for great. me, too. Oh, man, I I do what I can, you know. I mean, I try to, you know, but things have uh, been a little bit slow for me recovering from, you know, the hernia deal. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine so. Another thing, though, too, I mean, what was it like having Sinbad promote your uh, documentary? I know that you had been ecstatic to know that he was Mm -hmm. uh, behind the front lines watching your documentary. Oh gosh, that, that is just so, that was so amazing that, you know, he agreed to, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I'll give you a little shout out, you know, cause, and he did it. I mean, I was just shocked. That was just, um, you know, all of the, I guess you would say celebrity actors and actresses, the ones that's, you know, <laughs> you would say that they're up there and the Hollywood stars or whatever, the ones that endorsed and spoke for me, they just did that because out of the kindness of their heart, you know, they knew that, you know, they, they watched the movie just like you did, the how many chances. And they were like, you know what, we're, we're going to do a little shout out for him. We're just going to do it. And uh, not many people can say that, that, uh, you know, it's just I, I'm just so blessed and so happy to not only have them say that publicly, but to have the people in general respond so great to how many chances. Um, and what I'm really surprised at as well is my blood family, how much they have like enjoyed watching it so right that and me is awesome that that is awesome though man you have your dad in this uh, in this as well you have a lot of the family background in this thing i mean it's loaded down with nothing but uh hobbs's if you I know, right? <laughs> which is great, man. Which is great. I'm glad that you have a good family that backs you. That that's just fantastic, in my opinion. Um, now, for someone that doesn't know what how many chances is about, how would you describe how many chances? And without spoiling too much, how would right. you describe? Um, if you want to see a story that 
you have not seen before. And you want to just get lost into someone's life for, you know, two hours, then you, well, I could just say that you are going to go through an emotional deal. You know what I mean? You're going to go okay. through an emotional roller coaster ride and, for and if you got on Amazon Prime and rented it for two ninety nine, I think you'll get your money's worth. That's that's a perfect way of actually executing how, what this is about. To be honest with you, because I go from laughing to crying, back to crying, back to laughing again. It's like a roller coaster of of everything combined into one. If you think about it, um, I got. Did you get have, a voice? Did you get a voicemail yeah. thing? Okay, yeah, I, I I, that thing just popped up. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, is this a, what is this? I'm going to ask John. He's more smarter than me on this, you know. <laughs> yeah, a matter of fact, we do. As a matter of fact, I was just getting to that. So let's take a look and see what we got. What's up, guys? Great show. Thanks, Rossi. I do appreciate that. Oh, and, yeah. Yep. Awesome. And well, thank to know. you. Thank you, Rossi. And if anybody wants to know, Rossi is an independent actress that I interviewed uh, a while back on Anchor. Of course, she's also been doing a couple of episodes with me where we're reviewing things. We just got done doing our Coming to America Part 1 review. She'll be back again pretty soon to review White Boy Named Rick on this channel as well. So thank you again, Rossi, for sending out that voicemail message. That's just awesome. That's right. Yeah, thank you. That is great. Wow. And uh, so my question is for you. Okay. So, of course, this opens up to you getting hit with the baseball and stuff like that, which is something that I can relate to because, well, here's the thing. I didn't get hit with a baseball, but I knew someone in my school that got hit in the head with the baseball, and her boyfriend was actually the one that threw the baseball uh, to yeah. her. And when she went to uh, – I think he accidentally hit her with the baseball and it hit her head. And she died. And uh, so I can, yeah. So it just goes to show you how horrific it is Mm -hmm. when you actually look at it being hit with a baseball. And my thing is this you know, what was your initial thoughts when you woke up and realizing that you were in the hospital because of what happened? Was you getting hit upside the head with the baseball, all the surgeries you had to go through, especially with your nose being broken, yeah. there were constructive surgeries that you had to do. What was mm-hmm. the first thing that you thought about when you first woke up, when you were dealing with all that? Well, I remember when, uh, and actually, I was, for those who have not seen it without, but I kind of got to give it, you know, so people who are right. listening, uh, it was a baseball bat that hit me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a baseball bat that hit me, you know, but, you know, so uh, when I remember waking up and I remember opening up my eyes and, you know, I I couldn't smell like it was weird. You know, I was like, what kind of smell, you know, like what's not realizing that my nose was flat and, um, you know, I looked. I used my eyes and I looked over to my left and there was my mom sitting in the chair and she saw me and she, you know, came to the bed and she, you know, held my little hand and she was like, she's like, Creighton, do you remember what happened? She's like, blink. 
yes for you know, one for yes and two for no. And that's the way we communicated because my mouth it wasn't able to the swelling didn't go down enough to where I could talk, you know. So right. I had to you know, blink once for yes and twice for no, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> once the swelling went down enough, then I was able to uh, mumble and get some words out, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, but yeah, it, it was very, um, I mean, like the best visual to tell you, uh, you remember that movie, The Mask, with yeah. uh, Cher? Okay, remember how his face looked all swelled up like that? Yeah, I remember that. That's, that's basically kind of how my face was. Swelled oh, wow. up. Except not the weird scars, you know, that, that was, you know, the movie, you know, or whatever. But right. my face was that big. Wow, I could just imagine the uh, intensive care, everything that you had to go through just to get through the, you know, reconstruction of your n- nose and everything else and the therapy you had to go mm-hmm. through and things like that. Yeah. Wrong. That's just something yeah. that, you know, I'm I'm happy that you're still with us with everything you went through in this documentary and everything. It mm-hmm. just shows you that God's hand is in in this with you. And then yeah, you that's right. I mean, um I, I, it's amazing that, you know, uh, <laughs> like if you, somebody ever, you know, talks to my dad personally and they're like, so, so tell me what you really think about your son Creighton. He will just shake <laughs> his head and just like, how long have you got, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, boy, do I have stories about it? <laughs> yeah. But see, it's like I told my dad now, I was like, now you can just say, Go watch it on Amazon Prime. That'll be a lot quicker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to agree with you on that one. That would be a whole lot quicker instead of him saying, "Yeah, well, back in 1987." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I can definitely say that would be the quickest way to get to know you. Um, when you were in high school and you were getting into fights every day, did you feel like? this did you feel like that you had to join up with a gang or something like that or be killed or did you feel like you got tired enough to fight every single day to the point where you if i have to go ahead and do something i have to do deal with that in that kind of way yeah i mean we i guess it was a gang i mean it was just a bunch of us that grouped together Mm. and no matter what happened we watched each other's back, you know, type of thing. Um, So, and it not only, you know, applied in school, but it applied outside of school. So, you know, we lived that, (laughs) the thug life, (laughs) not only in (laughs) school, but outside of it. And, you know, of course, with the Dixie Mafia being around mentoring us and me mainly, you know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) it's kind of like, you know, yay, we got adults that's with us, and they're really gangsters, you know? (laughs) Exactly, and they don't stick out like a sore thumb or anything like that. The Dixie Uh Mafia was just average, well, not like average people, but just dressing up and not putting out there. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, now, a lot of it, as I look back, 
I'm almost positive I could have avoided a lot of fist fights and all of that. I'm, I know I could have. I could have talked my way out of it or just walked away. But, you know, when you're drinking and on drugs, things aren't exactly clear. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it's like... It's not. <laughs> right, because your initial thought is like, I can take on the world. I'm indestructible. Come at me, bro. I, I'm going to mm-hmm. take you down no matter what. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind of like the mentality that you have when you're drunk and then also on drugs, though, too. You feel like that you're, you know, you have immunity. You can do anything you want. You're unstoppable. Yeah. Know? And, and and you know, and I know a lot of it, too, was being a teenager because, you know, everybody was a teenager and you think you're six foot tall and bulletproof, but, you know, <laughs> that ain't always the case. No. Because there's always going to be someone that's bigger and better than you mm-hmm. are, no matter when, when you turn around, yep. you know? So right. you're always going to be faced with that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I wanted to know about was this. I know that you got diabetes and everything. And my question was this. What was your – that's another thing I wanted to know about was your initial thoughts into knowing that you had diabetes. What was your first reaction to that? Because I know when you first mm-hmm. encounteract with a diabetes, you wind up having – to drink a lot of water, you wind up yeah. being itchy all the time. You're really uncomfortable mm-hmm. because of the fact that your sugar level's so low. What was your thoughts when your father tells you or the doctor tells you you have diabetes? Well, I remember when the diagnosis come in, uh, you know, when the doctor, you know, was telling me and my mom like it's like i don't know why this kid's alive but he is you know and it's like (laughs) take him to the hospital right now you know so um but when it really hit me uh me being seven years old i i i I didn't know enough knowledge about diabetes except my Mm -hmm. first initial thought and i swear to you i thought this i was like what am I going to eat on my birthday if I can't eat birthday cake? <laughs> that was a, my seven-year-old mind. You know, I didn't, I didn't care about the rest of it. You know? Right. You know what, though? I think I would have actually done the same thing. What, what can I eat? Because I want to eat cake. I want to eat ice cream. But what can I have now, now that I yeah. have diabetes? It's like, okay. Yeah. You know, it's cool to have presents, but it'll be nice to actually eat something, though, too, that I can actually eat without counteracting with my sugar. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So that was my seven-year-old mindset of it. But as, you know, I stayed in the hospital and I had nurses and doctors and other people coming in and out and teaching me about it, I really learned very quickly what it was about. And that, man, ever since then, every day is a a learning day with it, you know, per se, or trying to manage it, you know. I don't do all that great, but I try. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, you show me another picture of a cannoli, I'm coming over there. (laughs) I know, (laughs) I know, right? That's why I said, I don't do that great, you know, I said, pictures of cannolis <laughs> hey i can't blame you man i can't blame you at all being italian and everything i have that in cannolis yeah right <laughs> i know and you're like this treachery i can't take you know 
It's like Polly from The Sopranos. Like, how much betrayal can I take? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know. But um, another thing too was this. Um, because here's another thing I was actually wondering about. Okay, so you were a diabetic. You with your sugar and everything else, but my thing is this: How does being on drugs and alcohol? affect someone that actually has diabetes that was something i was always curious mm-hmm. about was the fact how the counteractions with that well it, like if you drink um something sweet like wine or mm-hmm. really anything because mo- almost all alcohol uh it has sugar in it right so if you drink a lot of sugar it's going to run your blood sugar way high and I became such a <laughs> a, um, a smart alcoholic that <laughs> I, even my drunken stage, I, well, before I would start getting drunk, I would put up, uh, get a syringe needle, and I would have fast-acting insulin already prepared in oh. the needle. Yeah. So when my blood sugar would get real high and I felt like I had to vomit or throw up, then I would just grab that needle drunk and just stick it in my stomach and and push it in and then wait till I didn't feel sick again. And I'd be like, yay, now I can start drinking Jack Daniels again. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but like you said, you were smart with it, you know? So you knew exactly how to counteract it and everything else. So Right. <laughs> I mean, it's completely playing Russian roulette, but, you know, at the... <laughs> You're talking to an alcoholic guy, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, that's just something else, though, too. Like, you know, people don't realize, too, being a diabetic and the painfulness of being a diabetic, having to go through uh, getting your blood taken and stuff like that, and just the pain in the butt of it all, you know? They don't understand mm-hmm. what it's like to get your finger pricked every single day to get your blood sugar and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just thankful enough that there is actually new technology out there now to where you don't, they have some things out there now to where you don't have to do that. But mm-hmm. people who don't have access to that, I feel bad for them to be honest. Oh gosh. You. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That, that's why like anybody who says I'm a diabetic, you know, I show them what I have and I'm like, you know, look, this really works. You know, the wireless blood glucose thing, you know, um, ever since I've got on it, it's just been amazing. I've felt better and I've been able to manage my diabetes way, way, way better. That's good, man. That's really good. Um, another thing too is this is something else that I was wondering about too, was you've been into 26 car wrecks, which is yeah. unbelievable. You've been in probably more car wrecks than a na- someone that drives a NASCAR probably. Uh, right yeah (laughs) but (laughs) i know that your dad saw your mustang flipped upside down and people were making up rumors about you drinking at that time you gave up the drinking you gave up the drugs Mm -hmm. and everything else it was just the fact that your diabetes was off the charts and was low and then you dripped off on the road but my my thing is this how did you deal with the rumors what did your did your dad ever give you a chance to explain your situation on what happened or was it just like you, he knew exactly what was wrong. It was just your diabetes was low and it didn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with you drinking or anything like that. 
Yeah, my my dad once he got that call from the hospital, um, he knew he just he he's been through it so many so many times that you know he was like Creighton's blood sugar dropped, and he just automatically you know figured because he knew when I got out of jail, uh, I promised him. I promised my mom and I promised all my family. I said, look, I ain't touching drugs, alcohol, nothing. It's done. Uh, you know, I'm like, that's never going to be a part of my life, you know. And and I've stuck to that, you know. That's just awesome. That's awesome. And, and thank you. And, like, so he knew, you know, that it's kind of like a, a father that knows a son very well, you know, right. and he knew that I had diabetes and he knew that at that time my blood sugar was off the charts, just going up and down, up and down. And, but once I was in the ICU and he, you know, figured out, then the rest of my family was like, it was his blood sugar, wasn't it? It's like, yep, it sure was. So that kind of, knew and then they was able to kill all of the rumors what happened that's good because i hate to see rumors and stuff like that of people that don't really truly know you and only know you of your past and then you know them because here's the thing gossiping can hurt you in more than ways than one so Mm -hmm. i'm glad that they debunked the rumors and everything else um there was something else to that i wanted to you to do um Here's the thing. Would you be able to give a little bit of background as to how you grew up and everything growing up, uh, the home that you were in and everything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So my growing up in <laughs> the Hobbs' home, um, <laughs> yeah, when I was, you know, small and even, you know, younger teenager, it was a... Uh, it was a big family. I, you know, it was my mom, my dad, me, and my two biological older brothers. So that's five right there in the house. And we had um, my grandparents that lived with us for a couple of years before, you know, they just got so bad in health that my mom and dad couldn't take care of them. And we had, you know, my mom was like, well, I had to put them in a nursing home, you know, because... It was just too much trying to take care of three, you know, hellion boys and, you know, <laughs> keep a house. And, you know, it's just you know, my mom could only do so much and they needed medical attention. So, but like we always had family and things like that around and friends and people from the church and things like that just constantly coming over to the house. It was always a busy, you know, um, I've always, when I think back on it, it's kind of like having a big, large Italian family. You know, (laughs) when you have a real big Italian family, there's always somebody coming in. (laughs) You ain't lying. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, come on in, you know, you're part of what you're a part of our family. You know, even if you ain't related, it's like you're one of us. Come in, you know. <laughs> we love you. Come in. We and that's just the way it was. It was constantly something. All of us and 
you know, but we, it wasn't so busy where we didn't have time for each other, you know, like, you know, my dad working so hard and then coming home from work and, you know, sitting at the dinner table with us and asking us about our day or that kind of thing. Or, uh, mom always made time to read us stories or fuss at us or cook something or <laughs> right. usually she was fussing at us about something we was doing, you know, <laughs> I can uh, imagine though. <laughs> yeah. So it wouldn't leave it to beaver by no means. We have our, we've had our problems, Woo! but that's every family, right? Exactly. If you don't have problems, then there's just something wrong in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, what political office are you running for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> most definitely, man. Most definitely, because here's the thing: you each family goes through their own trials, their own tribulations, and everything else. And whoever says differently, I want to know what they're doing, so that way I can know what <laughs> what to do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> In that case, I want to have one division right, uh, whatever they're they're doing, so that way I can go ahead. And plan that out. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, my other thing, though, too, is I know that, you know, I wanna, here's the thing. I want to know something. What is some of your favorite um, times of growing up? What's your favorite memory that you can remember of growing up, maybe with some friends, some of the things that you used to do? What's some of the yeah. best best memories that you have? Mm, my, I guess I would say my best memories um, would always be Christmas, Christmas time, because all the grandparents were there and it was, we, you know, everybody kind of got along better. <laughs> me and my brothers, <laughs> I, me and my brothers, we got along better, I guess, for the sake of Christmas spirit, <laughs> <laughs> or we we knew we was outnumbered by adults. You know, we had three grandparents around and my mom and dad, you know, and, right. <laughs> you know, there's only so many places you can run, you know, for if you start acting up on Christmas. <laughs> Definitely. There's only so many yeah. rooms that you can run to before your parents start yeah. bringing your tail out. That's for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's kind of like well, everybody would, you know, behave and it would just be peaceful and great and enjoyable to me. Those are special because, you know, my grandparents are no longer here. Uh, and so eating dinner with them. Um, and that's what I say to anybody. Like if you're somebody now that's got grandparents, cherish those, try to ingrain that memory into you because their grandparents, they're, they're older and they're not going to be here forever, you know? So enjoy every minute that you can with those who are getting on up there in age, if I put it politely, you know what I mean? Right. Exactly. Because here's the thing. I find myself doing this a lot. Like if I'm driving to work or anywhere, I start thinking about my grandparents. I start thinking about my family that I have from this big, huge Italian family up in Boston you know, uh, the priest coming over to eat lobster with us. 
<laughs> um, just having get-togethers, you know, and just remembering mm-hmm. a time when it was peaceful. It was something that you enjoyed doing with your family. And then also, to the crowdedness of being in an Italian family where you have different arguments across the table that you don't know which <laughs> argument that you need to be in. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know? But yeah, I do find myself at a, at that kind of crossroads where it's like, it's so real, right? Where you can remember your grandmother cooking food for the family and stuff like that too. And my grandmother's still alive, but my grandfather isn't. But, you know, I still remember those memories and just, tre- yeah. you know, just treasuring those memories. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I, I miss my Uncle Phil, my Aunt Bibi and all that. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. When it yeah. comes down to treasuring the memories that you have, because you never know when they're not going to be there. Yeah. Oh, you have a you have an Aunt Bibi. Yeah, I had an Aunt, Aunt Bibi. <laughs> oh, well, you know that's Bernice's nickname. Oh, really? Who's who's in the documentary <laughs> Bibi? Yeah. So <laughs> I was Bingo. like, hey, wow, that's great. You know, that's pretty awesome, man. That's pretty awesome. You know what? Yeah. I want to know something. Speaking of Bernice. Let's let's talk about your friendship with Bernice for a minute. Um, yeah. How did you guys meet? How I know that you guys had that connection there that feels like friendship just from watching the documentary. Mm-hmm. She also was a photographer sure. at one time. So let's go ahead and dive into that a little bit. How did you and Bernice become friends? That's something that I was cur- that I'm curious about. <laughs> Actually, through uh, and I don't remember the website, but it was a dating website, and I, I was looking through there and I was like, Hey, that girl lives like the town next over, you know, like here's my, I live in Grand Bay, but she lived in Irvington. And I was like, dang, that girl looks cute. And I, and I was (laughs) like, I was like, let me message. Let me just send her a, you know, a message thing. I was like, I'll be shocked. And she said when she got my message and she you know messaged me back and she said something about it she said um just made her give him like she get she's like something about it i trusted you to give you my home number and i was like really i thought it was me being a charmer she's like no it wasn't that and i was like oh you know <laughs> so it was just her intuition <laughs> and uh <laughs> So I called her up and we uh, went out actually on a date and we tried the dating thing, but it just, it, we're too much, we're too much of good friends. It just doesn't work. We're better right. off friends and bestest friends, you know what I mean? And, um, and which I'm glad it's like that because, you know, now she's married and, you know, they're, getting their place to live or their house and stuff and dealing with all their family. And, you know, I mean, all I got to do is just come by and visit. <laughs> that's great, man. That's, that's really great. It's kind of weird how life works out like that, you know, where you go, you're thinking that it's going to work out one way, but instead it works out another and you become friends with that person rather than something more. And it turns out yeah. that friendship might even be the best thing that's ever happened to yeah. you because if you wind it up, continue maybe dating this person and everything else you guys might not have had that close relationship and then mm-hmm. got to that point where it's like you know what you know maybe we have too much of the same maybe we need to actually 
just analyze what we have here and be like, you know what, we're, we're definitely better off as friends because I've definitely uh, had situations where it was like that. Right. And, uh, you know, and I, 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 I don't regret any of it. I mean, I, you know, it's just, uh, it's great. You know, she can call right. me at one in the morning or, you know, I hope not, but she can <laughs> if something, but she knows and I know like if it's that one in the morning phone call that needs to be done, we will answer regardless. You know, we will always be there for each other. And that's always a very special quality um, that you could have with a friend. Most definitely. I have, matter of fact, I'm still friends with one of my best friends. Her and I have been friends for like 16 years. We've been, we have that closeness like you and Bernice does. Mm-hmm. and everything and it's rare to find something like that nowadays mm-hmm. yeah okay. now let's talk about something here i know that you wrote the documentary uh well wrote the book for the documentary now are you planning on writing another book or was this just like a one and done type thing or when you feel like that there's, there's something that you can actually write about that's when you're gonna write a book mm-hmm. tell me tell me what that was like just writing a book well, when I was writing How Many Chances, I was, at that time, managing bands and wrestlers. So the majority of my weekend, well, just really starting Friday morning all the way to Sunday night, I was on the road. I mean, constantly. I mean, I, I, mean, I traveled all the way from <laughs> Mobile, Alabama to Youngstown, Ohio. I mean, it was crazy how much traveling I was doing. And and anywhere I could find paper or I just I would I would write, 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 write. And oddly enough, uh, a wrestler, uh, Steve Savage, told me he was like, he was like, hey, you ought to write that. You know, you're good at typing. You ought to type that into the as a book. And he's like, I bet someone might buy it. You know, and he wasn't being funny. He was serious. And I was like, what? And and I was like, no. And I got, I finally got out of the wrestling business and the, the um, managing bands. Thank God. You know, because I was like, hey, I ain't got to be on the road. And I had time and I sat and I just, boom, 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 boom. I hit the keyboards and I hit it, hit it, hit it. And I was like, Wow. I really do have a book. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm going to be honest with you. Writing is such an amazing thing because you here you are just wailing around, just typing and writing. And then before you know it, you have maybe about 10 pages done. And you're like, whoa, I have something much deeper than I thought I had mm-hmm. and everything. So, you know, just looking at what you have, that's just a great aspect to it. You know, that just adds a lot more gravitas to what you're doing. Yeah, and I, you know, and after I got it all the the pages written, I submitted it out to like 500 publishing companies, mm. and um, 498 of them rejected me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Except for two of them, and um, I took the better of the deal, and and then things just progressed and progressed and I kept getting chances after chances and 
and how many chances the documentary <laughs> got on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, there's something else I wanted to ask you. I know that you were up in heaven and you saw things as well when you were, in, you know, when you were in a, um, unconscious and stuff like that. But my question is this. If you could meet anyone in heaven, who would it be? Oh, um, I'll tell you what. I'll give you one serious one. Okay. All right. <laughs> one, what, like one serious one, because I know there's a lot of NDE people, near-death experience people that may mm-hmm. hear this, and they'll be mad if I don't give like one serious one. You know. Okay. So my numero uno first serious person that I would want to see in heaven would be my grandfather Hobbs who died in World War II. Oh wow. Um that would be him. Um, you know, my dad never met him, uh, because he died in World War Two, just when my dad was a little you know, like not even one, you know. Uh so but he still plays such a big part not, not only in all of our lives, but um even when I went to I almost made it to heaven. That I'm I'm telling you, that's who I heard was mm-hmm. his voice. So yeah, when I that's somebody I would definitely want to see because I'd be like, I heard your voice in the tunnel and I want you to know, Grandpa, I listened. You know? <laughs> right, exactly. He probably would be like, Well, I had to argue with you. Sorry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that would be my very serious one. Um, now my second person or the second person that I would really, really love to see, um, would be Yoda. I want to see Yoda. (laughs) I mean, oh my gosh, you know, me working in the media, being an investigative journalist. Can you imagine all the, you know, the great questions I could ask him? Not you know, not because he talks, you know, half backwards and not because he floats around in a little thingy, a baby carriage thingy, you know, but I could be like, Yoda, what was it like to play with the first wheel? You know, um, probably the other person that I know for sure that I think I would really, really want to talk to uh, would probably, no joke, be Robin Williams. You see, I can agree with you on that one. You now, know, I would, Robin's yeah. such a great actor. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, you know, like, I mean, I know talking to him would be equivalent to writing a psychotic course through the Twilight Zone, but (laughs) still, that would be one person where I could just sit there for gabber long and just have not only serious conversations with him, but just start throwing jokes left and right, you know. Most definitely. I bet it would be actually hard to keep up with Robin because of how much he goes off the cuff. 
But I would like to actually see how you would actually try and speed through it with him and go back and forth and see if you can keep up. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I know. That would be awesome. I know. No, um, I, I mean. But knowing me, I would be speaking to Robin Williams and then Sigmund Freud would come, walk up, you know, and be like, this is why I quit my profession. I quit, you know. <laughs> And I could just see him shaking his head at both of y'all. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Because now I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so my other question is this. If you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? Take better care of your diabetes. Um, lay off the sweet so much. Uh, lay off the... You know, that kind of thing. Um, because when you're younger, it don't dong on you. You know, what the long-term effects could be. But if I could tell myself, look, I promise when you get about 44 or 45, these things might happen to you. And <laughs> you've got to take care of yourself with your diabetes, you know. Yeah, or it's kind of like, look, you don't need a whole piece of cake. You just need half a cake, you know, half the piece. <laughs> Which is only half the calories. If you do yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's only half, only half the damage, but still, <laughs> you know. So you'll be doing decent. Yeah, <laughs> it would be a, a progress, you know, right. it's like they say in AA, you're making progress. You know, I know because I'm into them, you know. <laughs> right. And admitting that you have an addiction is actually half the progress of knowing that you uh, that you're actually facing things head on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, what can you actually say that you hope that people can learn from this documentary? Well, it, it, it's such a and and you, John. I probably I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but. You know, with this, there's something in some part of this documentary that's going to make you really remember something or bring out something in your soul or in your heart that's going to say, oh, my gosh, this touched me, you know, or this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never going to forget that part, you know, type of thing. Um, so. I'm hoping that with everybody that watches it, if not the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle does it, I hope that there's one, at least one section of it that you can say and be like, wow, this is what I got from that. It was just powerful or it made me appreciate my kids more or it made me you know, go to bed that night and pray to God, thank you for giving me my help, you know, or whatever right. it may be. So I tried to make, that's what I hope people will take from it. They take some kind of positivity or thankfulness or something like that. And when you go to bed at night, that's what I hope you can get from how many chances. All right. And if anybody has any questions for Crichton, go on ahead and send those voice messages in and everything. 
Um, we're going to give you about five minutes to send in some voicemail messages and stuff like that. If you don't have any for us or anything like that, I do thank you for listening. And then I'll start closing us out. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, here's the thing, though. I did pick up something from the documentary. I've watched this, this documentary twice <laughs> because I enjoyed it so much. Awesome. I'm telling my mama, I'm going to be like, look, not only did I have a cousin who watched it twice, but John did too, you know? <laughs> exactly. Because here's the thing. With a documentary like this, I can go ahead and watch it again and pick up on something else that I didn't pick up on the first time, which is something that I love about documentaries. And this is also what I like about your documentary, though, as well, is you can watch it the first time and be like, you know what, you know, he... You know, maybe you might not relate to something at first, and then you know you go in there and there the second time, and like you know what, this was making me remember certain things that happened in my life, and some things that I might actually have to change about myself to to actually improve on things, and also to to treasure life for what it is, rather than mm-hmm. going by day by day and just saying okay, it's just another typical day and stuff like that, yeah. to the point where you're like, okay, you know what. Every day, I'm going to look at it as a blessing rather than something that I regret and go from there. And that's exactly what I got from your documentary is just being thankful for what you have and also to, you know, living life and enjoying life because Mm -hmm. you never know how long you actually have on this earth is what I got out of it. Oh, wow. That is great. Yeah. And I'll tell you what else is amazing. Um, A couple days back, I don't know, but I was doing a interview with somebody that lives in England, right? Like one hour south of Liverpool. And this guy who lives all the way across the pond, you know, from where you know, we live, John, (laughs) you know, I mean, you know, thousands of miles away. And to hear him talk to me and give a review like what you're doing, and it's almost not identical by no means, but to hear somebody that is completely in another country and completely, uh, you know, they speak better English than us. They, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they, for some reason, I think it's genetic. They look better than me and you. <laughs> I, I don't know why. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so jealous, you know. <laughs> but it's like uh, they but to hear how he was saying basically uh, so many similarities like what you just said. And it, it, to me, that is the most amazing thing as a filmmaker it's like wow you know my my film has not only touched people you know right here in the good old usa and probably in my hometown of escatobin mississippi i don't know but i I hadn't had any death threats so that's good you know that's a plus (laughs) right yeah (laughs) but uh, you know, some a whole a whole other countries are watching this, and it's like, whoa! You know, that's like that's amazing for just mm-hmm. a small town Mississippi boy like myself. Uh, that people around the world are talking and watching and hearing about how many chances. That's like a dream come true. 
really. That definitely is because you know I'm also come from a small town as well, and you know it warm it, it gives you a warm feeling that you're doing something right that you're making somebody else's life and everything a lot more warming than what they think it is you know it gives you that warm mm-hmm. fuzzy feeling that saying hey look i'm doing something right here i'm actually helping somebody out with their life and helping them cope and be alcoholism maybe with yeah. um, waking up every single day as a blessing maybe it's something else that along those lines and it just gives you that great feeling you know yeah and you know well yeah you know what the next time you talk to tamika you can say hey Guess what? If you, you ever, if me, you, and Craig never do a show, you're going to be talking to two international people now. <laughs> you know? Okay. I'll definitely tell her that. <laughs> She'll start laughing. Ah, you know? She will. She'll give me that eye roll like she normally does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <For me. laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover for tonight's interview. So tell anybody where they can reach you at. I am on Facebook. Um, just go to the Facebook search thing and type in how many chances and you'll see it. This is the movie page. Um, uh, <clears throat> what else? I'm on Twitter. Uh, I don't know the Twitter name, but you can type in how many chances. <laughs> and I'm sure it'll pop up. If not, just ask John. You know, be like, this is it. You know? <laughs> and... Um, I know I'm on other platforms. I just don't know what they are. So Google, you'll have to Google it. Okay. <laughs> There's a bunch of press releases out there and they'll be like, you know, oh, so I can just click here and go to it, you know? Right. So, okay, guys. So here's the thing. On March 10th, I'm going to be doing a movie review with Rampage Misfit. And we're going to be reviewing the Vince Vaughn horror comedy movie, Freaky. Now, I know that I've been changing the title up on the stereo app on what we were going to review, but there was that Melly Shelley's uh, Frankenstein movie thing that we were going to do. I didn't really care for mm-hmm. how they did it on Shutter or anything like that, so we debunkled that. Yeah. So then there was uh, the other remake that uh, for The Wrong Turn. I couldn't get my hands on wrong turn, so I rented Freaky today. So that's where we're going to be reviewing on March 10th at 8 o'clock p.m., ah. 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific time on March 10th. Now, on March 14th, I'll have a one-on-one interview with an independent rapper named Dorkish. So we're going to be reviewing that. And also, we're going to re- matter of fact, I'm at, this is what I'm going to be doing, too. I'm going to be doing okay. uh, the first half of that interview is going to be just us reviewing the Biggie Smalls uh, documentary, doing the very first episode off of that from Netflix. And then the other half is going to be me interviewing him for his new uh, mixtape, which is called Parcel Tongue, which is actually part of Harry Potter. So oh. that's what I'm going to be doing. And then on March 17th, I'm going to be inter- uh, matter of fact, I'm going to have the good, the bad and the ugly franchises and this is just Jay Wade and I. We're going to be talking about different franchises that were good, different uh, franchises that were bad, and the yeah. ugly side of franchises that maybe was really cringeworthy to the point where, like, yeah, we're not going to yeah. bother with that. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's what we got for that. And March 19th, Rossi's going to be on the show with me. And we're going to be um, 
reviewing White Boy Named Rick. And that's at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Tamika will be on the show next week. We're going to be doing our finishing up our Black History Month with Malcolm X. And that's going to be uh, the cool. Denzel Washington movie. We're going to be doing that at 8 o'clock Central Time, of course, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time. Then on March 8th, we're going to do the Hip Hop Evolution Review. And this is just off of uh, Netflix. We're just reviewing one episode of that. And that's actually going to be at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 8 o'clock Eastern, and 5 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time for that. So that's everything that we have going on over here. We might have some other shows on YouTube and everything else. So where you guys can follow me, I'm glad that you guys asked. You guys can go on ahead and follow me at Movie Lovers Unite on YouTube. We also have an audio-only podcast of this show. So you know what you guys can do? Go on ahead and listen to this wherever you get your podcast from. Go ahead and check that out. Also, two guys, is if you guys want to donate to the show, you guys just go ahead, hop on to the GoFundMe site. And where is that at? You just go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. Go on ahead, donate a couple of dollars just to keep the lights on here at Movie Lovers Unite. You can also follow me at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Facebook, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite on Instagram. And then, of course, you can follow me underneath the same title on Pinterest as well. And then you guys can follow me at Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter and John DeGorio 8 on Twitter as well. And that's all the places that you guys can follow me at. And, of course, for all your entertainment needs and wants, go to www.movieloversunite.com. So... All right. So, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on, real quick? Yeah. Um, okay. And I, I forgot to uh, tell you about this, but I am currently, right now, I am writing. Uh, no, yeah, I am writing currently, and I am making a limited series called "The History That Haunts Us," and. I am basically taking, it's going to be a psychological thriller slash haunted or, or horror thing, you know, that I'm turning into a limited series. And once, once it's written, which I'm like 49% of it done, <laughs> uh, once I get the other 51% done, I am going full force into pre-production with it. And once it gets done in the pre-production phase, I'm going into filming. I mean, I'm not going to waste no time with this thing. I'm going full force because what we all are planning for this thing to happen, what we hope anyway, <laughs> we have the glimmer hope of that, that these four series are going to be so good that people are going to say, we want more we want a whole series and then we're going to give you a whole series if people like it you know what i mean i'm excited to see what this is going to look like oh yeah so you know in about a year's time um uh, or maybe less than a year or something and we'll be on we'll be doing the thing we'll be doing a podcast here about the history that haunts us for sure Okay, I'll definitely have you back on the show again, Craig. You know that you're always welcome on the show, no matter what. I do appreciate you you taking time out of your night to do this interview. I I wish you luck on many of your other adventures as well. 
And of course, you know, I'm always going to keep up with you and talk with you through, throughout yeah. the upcoming months and seeing how you do with your upcoming horror uh, thriller idea that you have going on. So, oh, yeah. So I just, I just want to say thank you again. Uh, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. And I thank all your listeners for listening to me. You're very welcome, man. Anytime. I hope you have a great night. And always until next time, guys, it's been fun. It's been real. I can't wait to do this again with you guys. And bye-bye. Hey, guys. John here. I just want to talk about something for a minute. We actually have a Patreon up right now in full swing and that is our five dollar a month plan it's called movie lovers classics it covers bonus episodes reviewing classic movies like you're about to listen to right now with the uh little caesar review that we just did early access to episodes monthly newsletters shout outs on the main uh, feed early access to episodes and then we also have all access documentary series review which is ten dollars a month and that includes bonus episodes eli roth's history of horror early access to episodes monthly newsletters free digital movies shout outs on the main feed as well and then that also includes our classic um movie reviews as well and then our twenty dollar a month plan is our vip movie lover and that also includes bonus episodes classic movie reviews interviews with independent actors actresses, directors, and comic book writers, and it also includes movie lovers documentaries and early access to episodes, monthly newsletters, free digital movies, and shout-outs on the main feed as well. Go ahead, subscribe to the Patreon. We hope that we'll see you there, and always until next time, guys, bye-bye.